0: And welcome in to the Fantasy Football Beat here on RotoViz Radio. My name is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at RandallRant. I am going to be your host this year in the 2018 NFL season to take you through one NFL game each and every week, talking to a beat reporter, getting the inside information behind that game, and then analyzing it from a fantasy football perspective, matchups, who to start, who to sit, who's hot, just so you can win your fantasy football matchups each and every week. What better game to start, folks, this week than the Los Angeles Rams at the Oakland Raiders, Monday Night Football, John Gruden's first game, Rams with Super Bowl aspirations, Raiders trying to get back to the great season they had in 2016, get back to that upper echelon point in the NFL and they're hoping that John Gruden in his first year can lead them there. And who better to have in as my first beat reporter for the 2018 fantasy football beat than Marcus Mosier of the Raiders Wire. He's going to come in and talk about so many great things that you really need to consider how the Raiders' defense is going to possibly slow down the Rams' volatile offense without Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack, of course, being traded to Chicago recently for those two big first-round picks. And uh, John Gruden deciding not to spend that money, to hold that money back. They did pay Derek Carr, but didn't want to give it to Mack. So how are they going to possibly stop the Rams? The importance that the Raiders must establish their running game behind Marshawn Lynch and try to control that ball on Monday night. And then we're going to, of course, talk about all the playmakers, the wide receivers on the Rams, Cooks, Woods, Cup, and then the receivers on the Raiders, Cooper, Jordy Nelson, who just came over from Green Bay, Seth Roberts, Jared Cook as the tight end, Todd Gurley for the Rams. We talked about Lynch, Goff, Derek Carr. So many big playmakers. How are they going to do? How are the matchups going to do? Rams have really improved their defense as well. So how is this going to go here on this intrastate rivalry between the Rams and the Raiders? Very excited about that. And after I talk to Marcus, I'll take a few minutes to recap what we discussed and look at some of these great RotoViz apps to dive deeper into the game and to give you information actionable information that will help you decide your starting lineups and win your fantasy football matchups this week. For those who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data analytics site. We publish over a thousand articles per year. We have suites of more than 20 proprietary apps Please go to rotaviz.com and check out the site and make sure to get your 30% discount for an NFL pass at rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. And, you know, when you talk about the NFL season, I'm sure you're just as excited as I am. It's always a little more interesting when you have something riding on the game. So the site that I use, I use it for NFL I use it for college basketball is mybookie.ag. You watch those games. You're into them. Why not make a little bit of money while you're doing it? Mybookie is the industry leading website gets you ready with all your betting needs. They have the great odds, the fast payouts, and decades of expertise so you can bet with confidence. Remember, your team doesn't have to win. A lot of times you just have to cover the spread. In fact, in this game with the Raiders and Rams, that's sort of where I'm leaning, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So what are you waiting for? Lay down some cash there at bookie and win big. It's just as important where you're betting as who you're betting on. I use my bookie. I'm urging you to do it. I trust them with my money, but don't take my word for it. Check them out yourself. They have in-game live betting. they got a mobile site that makes wagering on the go easier than ever. You can check out the online casino if you just want to play some hands of blackjack there at halftime of the games on Sunday. They have dice for craps. The fantasy point props are a lot of fun, and they're perfect for all of us fantasy players. Now, if you join now with MyBookie, they're going to match your deposit up to 100% bonus. I took advantage of this myself. Use the promo code RODOVIS to activate that offer. Please visit MyBookie.ag. Get yourself kicked off in the right way. Get a little bank, pad your account there for week one. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag. And for this game, the Rams are a four-and-a-half-point road favorite. There's a minus 210 money line for the Rams and a plus 175 money line for the Raiders. The over-under is 49 and a half points. Right now, I'm sort of leaning towards the Rams, but I think it will be a very, very close game. The Rams have added Ndamukong Sue, Aqib Tlaib, Marcus Peters. That defense is very, very strong. I think the Raiders at home are going to be fired up, especially on Monday Night Football, Gruden's first game. I think a lot of this game depends on how effective the Raiders can run that ball on that Wade Phillips defense and how the Raiders' defense is going to limit Sean McVay's offense. So I'm real excited to hear what Marcus has to say about this big Raiders-Rams matchup. So let's get to it right now and let's bring him in. Please welcome to the show Marcus Mosier of the Raiders Wire. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. As always, Marcus, thanks for taking the time to join me. We had you on the RV32 team preview series, and it's really great to have you back for the fantasy football beat for week one.
1: Hey, thanks for having
0: me on. Uh, this is really the headliner game for Week One of the 2018 NFL season. We have John Gruden's first game with the Raiders. You got a Rams team with Super Bowl aspirations. Monday Night Football. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than this. So, just a great start to the NFL season. Now, the Raiders were 12 and four in 2016. They were looking at a possible Super Bowl game before Derek Carr suffered that broken fibula in Week 16 last year. You know, we had to step back. They went and ended up six and ten, had some injuries. What's the current feeling in Oakland right now among the fan base? I would think pretty optimistic for this year, no? Uh,
1: I think it was optimistic until about a week ago, uh, and until the Khalil Mack trade, you know, talks really picked up. I feel like the Raider fans were pretty optimistic that they could win the AFC West. You know, you look at Kansas City, and you know they're going to be having a new quarterback, and Denver is transitioning to Case Keenum, and the Chargers are the Chargers with a bunch of injuries. I think Raider fans were feeling like they had a good chance to win the division Uh, but now that Mac is gone they've released Martavis Bryant after just trading a third round pick for them I think fans are starting to question whether John Gruden is ever going to get this thing turned around
0: well yeah the Mac thing was certainly a a big deal you know there's, there's talk of the tension there between Gruden and Reggie McKenzie he signed that big deal in Chicago that's more than Aaron Donald got with the Rams what are your thoughts on the deal? I mean, I think, Marcus, it comes down to what he gets for those two first rounders. If he gets those two first rounders and they're top players, I think people will be, you know, forget about this a little bit, but is it pretty much solid as it is among the country here that people are like, how do you trade Khalil Mack?
1: Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, first of all, John Gruden and Khalil Mack never had a relationship. They never spoke. Uh, this is one of the things where, you know, once Gruden was hired, he never got in contact with Mack and... They decided to move on. Now, general manager, Reggie McKenzie, really loved him. He did not want to trade him at all. This is a guy that he drafted and developed, um, but it it was just not going to work for Gruden. I I have mixed feelings about the trade for Oakland. I don't know how you can give up a player of that caliber, um, especially when you're giving up a second-round pick. I don't necessarily love the trade for the Bears either because that's a lot of assets to get for one player. Um, I think the Raiders are going to be pretty bad this year and I think the Bears are going to be improved, but are they going to be a playoff team? I don't know. I think there's a, a good chance that both of their first-round picks end up in the top 12. This is a loaded defensive line class coming up in the 2019 draft. Could the Raiders get a Nick Bosa and you know get a cheaper, younger version of Khalil Mack? I think that's possible, but it's just hard to give up a player who is uh, so universally thought of uh, as an all-pro player, as a guy that's a great locker room guy, giving him up in his prime is tough.
0: Yeah, especially when you're opening here with the Rams and the first game at home here against a pretty explosive intrastate rival. The cutdown day was big news for the Raiders. They moved on from Martavis Bryant after mm. trading that third-round pick. They let Connor Cook, E.J. Manuel go, and then they traded that fifth-round pick for former Buffalo QB, A.J. McCarron, and they cut 2015 second-round pick Mario Edwards. Now, they did keep all the running backs, but I think looking at the injury report this morning, taping on Thursday, uh, of course, we have DeAndre Washington, who, who I think may, may not suit up here for the first game. So they put Chris Warren on the IR, who is a season star. Any surprises to you there with the cutdown day or any of the moves the Raiders made?
1: Yeah, I want to talk about Chris Warren because that's a guy that we previewed a lot on the Raiders' wire. Uh, he led the NFL in rushing in the preseason. Uh, but you know, after the fourth game of the preseason, the Raiders put him on IR for a knee injury, supposedly. Uh, Chris Warren says he's 100% healthy and that he was ready to go. Uh, This was kind of like a stash thing that happens all the time across the NFL. Um, But after after cutdowns, I think it was on Sunday, Gruden kind of joked about overworking Chris Warren in the preseason. I think he had 58 total carries in three games, which is just insane for an undrafted free agent. But I thought Warren was the second best running back on the team. Uh, He clearly looked better than Doug Martin. Uh, DeAndre Washington really doesn't offer that much. Jalen Richard is just a passing back. Uh, I was surprised that they decided to to, to stash Warren for this year.
0: Yeah, he looks super impressive. So that stash pretty much means it's going to be Marshawn Lynch moving forward. And I, I think that's really a key for this game. If you look at last year's stats, they do need to run the ball. The Rams finished 28th last season against the run. They averaged, uh given up 122.4 rushing yards per game. The Raiders struggled to run it last year, only averaged 97.1 rushing yards, and they were 25th. That offensive line, I would think, was just not as good as it was in that great 2016 season. Uh, Pro Football Mm -hmm. Focus had the Raiders averaging 1.34 yards per contact, which was seventh worst last season. Now the Rams added in Dominican Sue, so they should be improved, but so should the Raiders' offensive line, I think, especially heading into the first game here. From a, a game plan standpoint for this opening game against the Rams, I would think that running the ball with Lynch has got to be a major focus right
1: yeah and actually John Gruden just came out the other day and said that the the Rams have one of the best run defenses in the league and they make it impossible to run against which we know that's not true but it sounds like the the Raiders are going to try to throw against the Rams rather than try to run because of that front Um, you know I as much as I like Marshawn Lynch I've got Lynch on a bunch of my fantasy teams I don't think this is a good game script for him I think this is going to be a shootout. I think this is going to be a game where the, the ramps probably jump up early, uh, and then it's going to force a, you know, a lot of passing situations for the Raiders. I actually expect Jalen Richard to get a lot of work in this contest.
0: Yeah, Jalen Rashard has been impressive uh, coming out of that backfield with those short passes. That's an area I think they can attack. You have a great insight here. Not only do you cover the Raiders, but you also co-host the Sonic Truth podcast with Matt Kelly on the Road to Underworld. Mm -hmm. So I agree. I I think that they're going to look – You know, it's not a great script for Lynch, but I think they could try to attack them with those short passes to those running backs.
1: And especially try to get those linebackers out in space. The Rams obviously have one of the best defensive lines in all football. But their linebackers and outside linebackers are pretty weak. It, it wouldn't surprise me if the Raiders try to get Richard uh, lined up out of the slot, you know, out of the backfield to get him some targets. I think he's maybe the most explosive player they have in their offense. And if it was me coaching the Raiders, I would try to get him 8 to 10 touches in this game. We'll see what John Gruden and the Raiders do this week.
0: Yeah, very true. And I I think the other big key is you have a healthy Derek Carr. Broke three bones in his back last year. Tough guy. Only missed one game. Most thought it was like a two- to four-week injury. He's the center of the offense, of course. He had 32 touchdown passes in 2015. Had the 28 touchdowns and only six interceptions in 2016. Last year had a little bit of drop-off. 22 touchdowns and the 13 interceptions, but of course he was injured. Now in 2016 he had five games with 300 plus passing yards, and he had the great game against Tampa Bay. He had that 513 yards and four touchdown performance last season. Just had three games in the middle of the year where he had 300 plus yards. So how his car looked in the preseason? Does he look healthy? And is the thought that he can get back to that 2016 year?
1: Well, we just didn't see much of him in the preseason. He played seven total snaps. Uh, which, I mean, is not a lot for a quarterback that probably needs reps in a new system. Uh, I thought he looked okay. Uh, He had two deep passes, one that kind of fluttered in the air, throwing to Martavis, and then one that Amari Cooper was able to haul down. One thing that John Gruden is going to emphasize in this offense is driving the ball down the field. We know that Derek Carr has a great arm, but he hasn't always unleashed that in the NFL. Uh, I'm going to be curious to see how much more often the the Raiders are throwing the ball deep, whether that's to Amari Cooper or that's to Jordy Nelson. I mean, other than those two receivers right now, they really don't have much speed on offense. But those are the guys that they're going to try to get the ball deep down the field to.
0: Yeah, you know, they let Martavis go, and and that leaves you with Cooper, Jordy Nelson, and Seth Roberts, who proved very useful, especially in in the red zone a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. I think that's the key battle you talked about, especially if this is going to be a shootout. The Raiders receivers versus the Rams passing defense. Last year, the Rams pass defense was 13th in passing yards allowed per game, 217.2 yards. They added Marcus Peters. They added a to Talib in the offseason. So talk about those matchups. I know the Raiders brought over 31-year-old Brandon LaFell as well. What's your best guess? Is there going to be a shadow situation with Talib with Cooper? Uh, is Peters and Talib going to split him? And, and how do you go about attacking that? I would think Jared Cook also would work into the mix here as well because the Rams were not great against opposing tight ends. So talk about how you think the Raiders are going to get vertical here on this on this Rams pass defense.
1: Yeah, my my best guess is that you are going to see Marcus Peters follow Amari Cooper for a couple different reasons. He's their best cornerback, and there's some familiarity there. Obviously when Peters was in Kansas City. He covered uh, Cooper most of the time. If you remember last year, the Raiders uh, put Cooper in the slot in that second game against Kansas City, and he just exploded for 200 yards. Yeah, that
0: was a I great don't game, think absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't think that's going to happen this year. Uh, Gruden seems very reluctant to put Cooper into the slot. Uh, I, I don't know the reason why. I don't know if it's because they like Seth Roberts. I don't know if it's because they want Cooper to be the X receiver. I just don't see that happening very much this year. So I do think you're going to see Peters on Cooper. You're going to see Talib on Jordy Nelson. Uh, and it, you, you mentioned Jared Cook. That's probably going to be the guy that's going to need to stretch the defense vertically this week
0: you know there's a lot of talk with gruden with his top wide receivers that, th- that he always feeds them they have great performances i mean i'll go back marcus to michael clayton you know joey galloway yeah. those guys back in, in tampa and tony Bay. o'brien and tony, Br- tony yes. o'brien had a big season <laughs> he had a bit like 1200 receiving yards something like that yeah so i i think cooper's in for a big season but i i think that's a guy that they have to try to get going on monday night because he's going to open up i
1: have one thing real quick sure uh John Gruden's number one receiver in his entire time as a head coach has averaged 140 targets per game. And if you use like the upper echelon of the receivers, you know, the Tim Browns and Keenan McCardell, that jumps up to about 160 targets per season. So I don't think it's unrealistic to see Amari Cooper get to the 100 catch range this year if he's seeing 160, 165 targets.
0: Yeah, you know, and the recency bias with Cooper is really incredible. I mean, this is a guy in his first two season seasons had over 1,000 yards, six touchdowns, five touchdowns. Sort of the complaint was he doesn't get in the end zone enough. Then last year, of course, disappointing season, 48 receptions, 680 yards, but he did have seven touchdowns. So I feel right, like, you right. know, he did actually get in the end zone when everyone was complaining that he doesn't get in enough. I, I think he could definitely be in for a big year this year.
1: Yeah, I think I think in fantasy drafts, I know most people have already drafted right now, but he's one of the guys that I'm really targeted, targeting in the third and fourth round because it's just hard to get somebody with that much volume in that spot. Uh, I mean, like we just talked about before, I don't think this Raiders defense is going to be good. They're going to be in a lot of shootouts, and that's going to lend to a lot of opportunities for Cooper to have uh, you know double-digit targets each week.
0: Yeah, I, in my drafts, I've been saying late third round of Mark Cooper is an auto-click for me. It's a, it's an automatic click in, in my book. L- let's turn to the defensive side of the ball because Mac is not there, as you mentioned. The Raiders have to slow down the Sean McVay passing attack. They were top 10 last year in total yards and top 10 individually in passing and rushing yards per game. Raiders were 23rd overall in total yards allowed as a defense, 26th against the pass, a little bit better 12th against the run, but without Mac there, that could change. Oakland brought in points of coordinator from Cincinnati in the offseason – what do you think is their game plan? They're home. Fans are going to be fired up, of course. But how is he going to try to slow down the Rams' attack and, and make Jared, Jared Goff uncomfortable?
1: Uh, hope and pray that the Rams don't show up for the game. <laughs> I mean, I, listen, this defense was not good with Khalil Mack. They were in the 20s every single year. Without him, this could be an all-time bad unit. Now, I like some of their young talent on defense between Maurice Hurst Arden Key, P.J. Hall. I think a lot of those guys are going to turn out to be pretty good players. But right now, they're just so inexperienced. They're so old at the linebacker's position. They're so old at safety. Uh, their cornerback situation is shaky with Gary on Conley, not having a lot of experience. Uh, they signed Dominique rogers cromartie to play right away. They have Leon Hall, who hasn't been good in the last several seasons. Rashawn Melvin's probably the number one cornerback. They're going to struggle to stop anybody this year. So I don't unless unless the Rams beat themselves and make silly turnovers. I don't see how the Raiders can hold them to under thirty points.
0: Yeah, the key is going to be the turnovers. Of course, they got to come out and put pressure on Goff, make him make some mistakes. He was very comfortable last year, and when he was comfortable, he was efficient. After two years ago, really having a rough season. Marcus, you know the Raiders inside and out better than all of us. What do you think is sort of the under-the-radar story that we should watch during the season as the Raiders progress, sort of like a hidden barometer on how well they're going to do? Anything there that, that maybe you know, we don't know in the mainstream media
1: here that we should look for to sort of see how they're going to do? Well, they really like Jordy Nelson. Um, I was shocked when they made the move to sign Nelson uh, to a relatively big-time deal because I just didn't think he had anything left. I thought he looked slow. Uh, I, I thought he struggled to get open. But so far in training camp and through the preseason, they've been really impressed with Jordy Nelson. And I think that's part of the reason why they were okay letting Mark Tavis Bryant go is because they have so much faith in Jordy Nelson. Um, is he going to be a wide receiver one or wide receiver two for fantasy? No, I don't think so. But I think he can be a productive player. Derek Carr clearly loves him. Uh, and they feel really confident about their two outside receivers.
0: When we look at this game, I like the Raiders to keep this game close. I don't think I'm going to be able to pick them to win it outright, but I think they're a live underdog. I remember, you know, when Seattle had that really great defense for several years. Always the first game, there was a little bit of an adjustment period. I remember they played at the Rams Uh in St. Louis and they gave up like 30 points, something like that. So I feel like until you get your feet under you, sometimes there's an opportunity for an upset here in week one. So I have the Rams winning a close game like 23-21, somewhere in there. You talked about it being more high scoring, so maybe I should go north with that number. Just to finish up here, where do you think this game is going to finish up on Monday night? How do you think it's going to go and what do you think the final score is going to be and and who's going to be the victor?
1: So I still think the Rams are going to win this game. But there are some warning signs out there. The Rams' first-string offense didn't play a snap in the preseason. Uh, They are going to play on the road. It's that late, late Monday night game, which is always a little weird. Could the Rams' offense potentially start out slow and maybe look clunky for a quarter and a quarter and a half? I think that's possible. Uh, I just think they're a better team. They're a better coach. They've got more talent on both sides of the ball. I think the Raiders can keep it close for a half, but in the second half, you're going to see the the Rams start to pull away. Uh, I've got the Rams winning 34 to 23. I, I don't think it's going to be particularly close.
0: You know, it's interesting. Todd Gurley talked about no one on the East Coast is going to be watching this game. Marcus, I'm sure you're like me. I'm fired up. I can't wait to watch this game. I got to grab it a second cup of coffee there and keep myself up. It's week week one of the NFL season. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, that's that's going to be a long day for me here on the East Coast. That's that means that game's going to get over about 1:30. Uh, a.m eastern time on tuesday so i'm excited though football is back and and i can't wait folks
0: marcus mosier of the raiders wire
1: please follow him on
0: twitter at marcus underscore mosier covers the raiders nfl does a fantastic job he knows the raiders he knows fantasy football so he was the perfect guest to kick off our first show here for the 2018 fantasy football beat on road of his radio marcus thanks for a few minutes best of luck on the season hey
1: thanks for having me on
0: That was Marcus Mosier of the Raiders Wire. In just a moment, I'm going to dive deeper into what we discussed using some of the many apps on Rotovis.com. So many great apps here that you can use to take a look at the information. I'm going to take you through some of them in just a minute, but I just want to remind you, you can support the Rotovis Radio Network and our 10 shows per week, amazing, 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotovis Live, which is our weekly Sunday morning video show. We answer all your fantasy questions there. Patronships start at just $6 per month, and they provide exclusive access to roto Live. That means you're getting four shows a month on top of 40 podcasts for just $6. Please become a roto Radio patron today. Join an exclusive community of listeners. You get to access premium content, and you do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce such high-quality, industry-leading programming. Again, roto Radio on Patreon. We thank Marcus Mosier of the Raiders Wire for joining us for week one of the 2018 season here on the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Beat. Marcus, great job there with the Raiders, giving us so much insight. And this really is the premier game of week one. So there's a lot of things to look at here. And I think the key matchups that he talked about were both the Rams and the Raiders' defense against the opposing team's offense. I think that's where you really have to start. So let's start with the Rams here against the Raiders. Jared Goff's season last year for the Rams really was spectacular. Sean McVay pulled the strings there like Geppetto, and Jared Goff performed. If you go to the Game Splits app on Rotoviz, where you can look at how a person did against certain teams, certain games, home and away, I looked at Jared Goff, home versus road splits. He had 15 games last year, sat the last game, and really, it was perfect symmetry. In the home games he averaged 280 passing yards per game 231 on the road a little bit less however his passing touchdowns on the road 2.25 at home 1.43. So that sort of makes up for it there. He averaged 21.1 fantasy points per game at home and 22.36 on the road. So Goff was real good, both home and away. And a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. It was one of the most improved offensive lines, the Rams, in all of the NFL. Goff was sacked 26 times in just seven games in 2016, but he was sacked 25 times for the entire year in 15 games last year. So that line is going to be an issue. The Raiders are going to have to generate a pass rush and they're going to have to make him uncomfortable, which, as Marcus talked about, is very difficult without Khalil Mack. So if we looked at the individual fantasy players for the Rams, Todd Gurley was just sensational last year. Using that game splits app on Rotoviz, home and away, seven games he was home, 20.96 fantasy points per game. He was actually better last year, believe it or not, on the road. Todd Gurley averaged last year on the road in PPR fantasy football formats, 30.1 fantasy points per game. He averaged 20. Uh, 20.88 rushing attempts and only 16.1 at home, and he averaged on the road last year Todd Gurley one rushing touchdown. So it's very hard to think against a Raiders defense, which Marcus admitted is going to struggle this year, that you don't see Todd Gurley scoring. I mean, certainly he's one of the top running backs in all fantasy football, and certainly you're going to start him with no issues whatsoever. Where I think it gets interesting is with the passing options for Jared Goff. There's Brandon Cooks, who's joined the team now. There's Robert Woods, and there's Cooper Cup. I think Cup is a must-start. Last year, he was third among all wide receivers on player profiler with 13 red zone targets. He is an option for them there. They really don't have great tight end options. Tyler Higbee, Gerald Everett, and the Raiders, by the way, were not great last year against opposing tight ends. They gave up the six most points to opposing tight ends. I just don't think that the Rams Titans can take advantage of that in this game. So I like Cooper Cup. I think Gurley and Cup are automatic starts. I think you can feel very comfortable starting Jared Goff as well, depending on your options. And Cooks and Woods are going to have to depend because Goff was not fantastic with deep ball. He didn't have a lot of deep ball attempts last year. So Brandon Cooks coming over can be a little bit feast or famine. We've only seen Brandon Cooks perform with Drew Brees and Tom Brady. So those are two of the top quarterbacks ever in the history of the NFL. Goff was good, but he was efficient last year. So I don't think you're going to see a lot of volume for Brandon Cooks, I think depending on your other matchups, you could sit him. It depends. I would not consider him more than a wide receiver three, maybe wide receiver two, but it depends on who else you have. And as for Robert Woods, I think he is the third option this year. There were times he really performed, but with Cooper Cup being the option in the red zone and Brandon Cooks being that field stretcher, I just don't know how many passes are going to be available in this game, especially when, as you saw with the game splits app, Todd Gurley is super effective at running the ball on the road, so I think that's going to be their their lean. I think that's where they're going to go. You start Gurley, you start Cup, you start Jared Goff, and I think Cooks and Woods, it really depends on which way you want to go. Turning to the Raiders, Derek Carr is totally healthy. He, he didn't play a lot of snaps, as Marcus said, so we didn't get a lot of information off the preseason, but I'm going to believe in John Gruden. I know he's been away from the game for a while, but he's always been able to reduce a solid quarterback and a top-wide receiver. So Derek Carr, if you look at his splits home and away, he's been a solid performer over the last three years at home. He's averaged 21.9 fantasy points per game at home. He's averaged almost two touchdowns, 1.91 per game at home over the last three years, and passing yards a very solid 259.4. So I think Derek Carr is going to be fine. I understand this Rams defense is tough, and they're going to put pressure. And they have Marcus Peters back there and Aqib Talib, two players who, by the way, according to Pro Football Focus, were two of the top-ranked cornerbacks last year. If you look at it, Aqib Talib was number 14 last year, and Marcus Peters was number 15. So those two guys are certainly going to be an issue against the receivers. I just think at home, in their first game, before Wade Phillips has really gotten a chance to have them work together... I just think that Carr is still a solid start. I think he is going to be a low-end, tight end one, a low-end quarterback one. I think it's depending on your other options, again. But if he's home, I like him him at home. I like him with John Gruden. We have no tape on John Gruden. We don't know what plays he's going to run, and neither does Wade Phillips. So Wade Phillips is a superb defensive coordinator. But in this spot, in this first game for Gruden, before he knows exactly what's going to happen – I'm going to lean to the offense, and I think Derek Carr is going to have a solid game. They're going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to pound the ball. So I think Marshawn Lynch is going to be used a lot. You can start him very safely, even though it's a tough front line there with Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue. I think Marshawn Lynch is a very safe RB2 for you this week to put him in your lineup. You heard about Jalen Richard. He's a sneaky flex option in this game. I know you probably don't want to start him and maybe you have better options, but in your deeper league... They're going to concentrate on stopping Lynch. And just like tonight, we got the Falcons and the Eagles going on. We're recording this on Thursday night. You've seen some passes out of the backfield. Tevin Coleman took one down the sideline for a big gain there. I could see Jalen Richard doing the same thing. Cornerbacks focusing on Cooper, focusing on Jordy Nelson. And they're trying to stop Marshawn Lynch. And Richard leaks out for about four or five catches. So I think he's a sneaky flex play in deeper leagues. As far as Amari Cooper, he's the go-to guy. I understand that Talib and Peters and Marcus expects uh Peters to shadow him all over with the familiarity with Kansas City. I think Amari Cooper is going to be force-fed targets that he's going to find his way into being a wide receiver one this week. In his splits against top pass defenses ranked 1-5 to over the three-year career 2015-16-17, he's gone against them 10 times. He's averaged 9.8 PPR fantasy points per game. What's interesting with Cooper is he's averaged the same amount of targets both against those top five pass defenses in the NFL and against everyone else. And it's been 6.8 targets versus 8.0 targets I just think that Gruden feeds his top wide receiver. And whoever is not matching up with Cooper is probably going to be on Jordy Nelson. And Jordy Nelson is up there in age. He's not great at separating. Remember, we don't know if a lot of his touchdowns and success at Green Bay came from the fact that Aaron Rodgers would throw him open. We don't know that yet. So I'm going to buy into Cooper's volume. I understand it's not a great matchup for him. He is home. You do have the advantage of Gruden not being scouted already with his plays. So I think you can start Amari Cooper and, and, and be fairly confident that he's going to find a way to get you some decent production. Maybe it'll be short slants, things like that. So you start Carr, you start Lynch, you start Cooper... Jordy Nelson's a tough one because if Jordy Nelson does draw a keep Taleb that is a tough matchup for Jordy Nelson to win. Taleb is a big guy. Even if he draws Marcus Peters, I think it's tough. I think Cooper's skill set with his speed and his ability to get off the line and his burst is better suited to create openings for Carr than Jordy Nelson. So I think Nelson very similar to Brandon Cook's. I think it's your gut. I think it depends on who your other options are. You can do worse than starting Jory Nelson at home, but against this secondary, against the Rams, I, I think it's going to be very difficult. If you talk about Jared Cook, I, I think Jared Cook is a wild card here. The Rams gave up the 11th most fantasy points to opposing tight ends last year. So if Jared Cook is engaged, he's athletic. I think he could be a nice streamer option for you if you're going to stream tight ends or you went late round tight end there were Jared Cook. This may be the game to take a look at him. We've all loved Cook's athleticism, right? And he used to be on the Rams for many years, but he's never been able to put it together consistently. But I think in this game when you're looking at the weapons and you're looking at the matchups with the receivers and Marshawn Lynch against that front line, someone's going to get open. And at home, I think they're going to score points. Like Marcus said, he thinks this is going to be a high-scoring game. He thinks it's going to be on the over of 49.5. I think it's going to be on the over of 49.5. So I think Jared Cook could absolutely start. I think he's a nice, low-end, tight-end one for you here. As far as a prediction, Marcus told you he expects the Rams to win fairly big. I'm going to keep it closer. I'm going to take the four and a half points for the Raiders. I, I don't I don't like giving points to a team that's favored on the road. In a game like this, we don't know what's happening. I think it's going to be very close. I don't think the Rams come in and blitz them and blow them out. If it was, if it was uh, Rams were home, that's a possibility. I know no Khalil Mack. I understand that, but I believe in Gruden. I think there's going to be a big push here. Derek Carr is healthy, which is going to make a difference. So fans are going to be fired up. I'll take the Rams to win this game 27-24. So I think the Raiders will cover the spread. I'll gladly take the four and a half there, but I think the Rams do eke out a very close win. This is a team with Super Bowl aspirations, and I think it starts here on Monday Night Football, and then give me the over for 49 and a half, of course. But this really is the the premier game of the week, 10 o'clock on Monday Night Football, and I'm really looking forward to it because there's a lot of fantasy options out there with the offensive playmakers, so people are going to be tuned in. It's hard for you to wait there until Monday night, but everyone looks healthy except for DeAndre Washington, so if you decide to Start one of these fringe guys on the bubble like a Robert Woods or Brandon Cooks or a, a Jordy Nelson, I think you can start them and, and you roll the dice and start them with confidence there. If that's what your matchup is, you don't have to worry about something happening last minute as we do during the season and you being stuck. So, finally, after this long offseason, much anticipation, we are here at week one. We have so much great content here at RotoViz Radio, so many different podcasts each and every week. Please make sure you subscribe to the channel on your favorite podcast app and follow the pod on Twitter at RotoViz Radio. We're going to be bringing you a deep fantasy football dive on one game each week this season. So, make sure you tune in here to hear my interview with a selected beat reporter, and then I'll give you the fantasy breakdown as well using some of these great tools at RotoViz. And as the season goes on and we get more data from the Prior week, there's even more tools here that we can use to help you predict and win your matchups each and every week. That's going to do it for the Fantasy Football Beat. Today, we preview the week one Rams at Raiders intrastate battle on Monday Night Football. I am Mike Randall. Please follow me on Twitter at RandallRant. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Beat, a RotoViz podcast. Please rate and review the RotoViz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, rotavizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at rotavizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.